You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. White and Blue CFL Podcast. We're in the offseason. We're recording a podcast anyway. My name's Oz Davis. I'll be your host for the show. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Joe Pitcher. Joe, how's it going? Uh, it's been a long few weeks since we last spoke. <laughs> uh, it's the holiday season, and if I was half as good as I think I was, there would be a lot of CFL presents under the tree. Oh, so... listen to this. Probably right. do. Now that I think. <laughs> well, where's my present, Joe? <laughs> you're my Santa Claus, man. See, you're even doing the Santa Claus laugh. Yeah, I I can see the stuff I'm supposed to send you. It's sitting right here on my desk. The problem is I have to get it off my desk and into the mailbox. That's the fun part. Football card. Yes, cards. Oh. Cards, hats, <laughs> lots of stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not getting any answers out of my secret Santa this Christmas. Right. Okay. So, we will be talking with our guest, Gregory James, of Atlantic Zone Coverage Podcast to talk some Atlantic Schooners football, the 10th team in the CFL, the team we've been waiting for a long time for and up there in Nova Scotia and assorted regions even longer since the early 80s in fact but before that let's touch on the little tiny bit of news well I guess it's not so tiny in one market of the CFL in the league since we last talked about three weeks ago the post Grey Cup glow the BC Lions have reshaped their coaching staff this offseason. Uh, it's going to be headed up by Devone Claybrooks. Am I saying this correctly? <laughs> Devone Claybrooks? I guess I that's think it's. I think it's Devon. <laughs> uh, Devon, okay. Devon, uh, let's see. So I'm just now learning about this. Oh, okay, that's right. I remember. Okay, so uh, Claybrooks is a rookie head coach. Um, he played quite a long while in the NFL for various teams, including the Cleveland Browns, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, San Francisco 49ers, Atlanta Falcons, and Dallas Cowboys. Um, he, let's see, do we have any other experience? Yes. He has been in the CFL for a few years now with the Calgary Stampeders in the early teens as a defensive line coach. And for the last two, three seasons, he's also been with the Stamps as their DC. So nice little promotion for Claybrooks here. Now, as I understand it, Joe, because I'm going to admit it, I've been a bit out of the loop, been a bit too obsessed with NFL and NBA stuff lately. Shame on you. That he, well, I mean, come on. Come <laughs> on. Take it easy. Call me when the CBA is in place, right? Call me when it's drafting. In any case, um, for shame, I admit. In any case, as I understand it, uh, Mr. Claybrooks wasted no time and brought in his support staff as well. Yes, uh, quite a 
an experienced staff here, at least on the playing field in the CFL. Uh, he did go with Rich Stubler as his defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. Uh, Stubler, of course, has been a defensive coordinator in quite a few spots around the league and even has some head coaching experience. So nice to have him as, as what's probably going to be more of a support role because Clay Brooks does also have a defensive mind. Uh, Ryan Phillips uh, from the BC Lions, for, for the most part, is the defensive backs coach, so he's going back to Vancouver. Uh, Chris Ellis, the defensive line coach. Brian Chu, the former Montreal offensive uh, lineman, is the offensive line coach. Nick Lewis is the running backs coach. Uh, I believe this is his first coaching job officially, uh, but we yeah, know I'm, that the Lions will have a lot of running backs that can hurdle if, they, if they're following their coach's advice. <laughs> uh, Drew Tate uh, goes from holding a clipboard to holding uh, a clipboard and wearing a headset as a quarterback coach. Uh, he officially retired just right. a day or two ago. Uh, to take the job, uh, Taylor Altilio is the special teams coordinator, uh, which does mean that Jeff Weinbold is not returning there, so they do lose a bit of his talent there. Uh, but we'll see what uh, the new guy brings in. And Keith Stokes, the former bomber kick returner, uh, is the special teams and offensive assistant. So a lot of CFL experience in this group, uh, at least on the plane. That's quite a makeover, and uh, that's quite a young bunch. So, so essentially, this will be—it's <laughs> excuse me. This will be a, a quite the interesting couple of years in the CFL. I mean, aside from possible expansion, um, but we'll have the new CBA in place. There's going to be a lot of shuffling of rosters now. And if you noticed what happened in the NFL this season, there seems to be this changing of the guard. There seems to be this evolution. The style of play and the old names are sort of being filtered out for the next generation. And this is very interesting that all of a sudden now we have an entirely new generation coaching staff. Well, almost entirely. Uh, offensive coordinator, as you mentioned, actually has head coaching experience. But basically, these are young guys a lot of them for the first time in these positions that they are now filling. I'm very interested already to see what they're going to bring to the table. I don't care who they have on the roster. This playbook's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a different experience, I believe. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Clay Brooks and Lewis were at the uh, CFL Fans by Cancer event for some time. Apparently there was some whining and dining going on during Green Cup that we weren't mm. uh, entirely aware of, but uh, that seems to have worked itself out uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, a lot of star talent uh, from CFL fields over the past decade or so. Now all four of them are brand new professional coaches, Phillips, Lewis, Tate, and Stokes. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can take what they know on the field and be able to translate it into... Uh, effective coaching of the new of the new generation of talent out there. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they come up with creatively. It's almost unfortunate that we have no idea what this roster is going to be like because we can start speculating now. Yeah, it's gonna, it? it's going to be very interesting because uh we don't really know who their quarterback's going to be. So, it's hard to make that speculation. We don't right. really have an idea on that. 
Uh, Jonathan Jennings, of course, is going to become a free agent. And Travis Lula, you just never know what he has left in the tank. Uh, maybe the new coaching staff goes in a completely different direction at that point. <laughs> Good call. I also heard on Twitter, I think I read from one of the C- – let's say from CFL Twitter – that uh, the CFL schedule might be released this weekend. Uh, Did you hear this as well? I, I have seen that poking around a little bit. I can't really confirm that. I do know last year it was out on the 14th, I believe. So they are getting wow. it out a lot sooner than they had been in the past. Uh, even if they go a little bit past Christmas into January, that's still a lot sooner than it had been coming out, which is February, March. Uh a lot of people like to make their travel plans and, cook, make, and make their vacation requests as soon as possible. Uh, I know a few people uh, personally <laughs> that do that, and you know, myself included. So uh, we are definitely sitting here waiting and just wondering when that's coming out so we can go ahead and book our vacations. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah, uh, actually, I have to start getting to work on Great Cup, right? Gotta go this year. Yes, Gotta you go. do. Got to. Got to. Yes, you I mean, do. There was a this, lot of questions. Despite, despite Where's uh, your last opportunity? What's going Where's on? When are we going to no. see this guy? <laughs> Nobody asked that. Nobody I, I asked confirm that. It if was they did, asked, it was at the board. No, I can confirm it was asked at least twice. Oh. Yes. I can't remember who anymore, but I can confirm it was asked <laughs> twice. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's cease this because that's pretty much the end of the major news in the CFL this week. So let's go on to the probably more interesting segment of this program. We're welcoming on our guest for the week, Gregory James of the Atlantic Zone Coverage Podcast. He was formerly a Montreal Alouettes fan on the podcast, but I guess he's changing his allegiance to that darn new team, which will someday be playing in the CFL. We'll be talking with Greg right after this. All right, and joining us on the Rouge, White, and Blue is... A, fa- a prospective fan, I suppose, I can't quite call him a fan yet, of the 10th Canadian Football League team, the Atlantic Schooners. His name is Greg James. He is the co-host and co-producer of the Atlantic Zone Coverage Podcast. Greg, how you doing this evening? Doing really well, thanks. Hi. How are you guys doing? Oh, hey, nobody ever asks <laughs> that, Joe. Hey, not bad, not bad. Thanks for asking. And, and thanks I'll... I will also take, uh, I will be the first official fan, uh, of the Atlantic Scooters, whether this happens or not. <laughs> whether this happens or not. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, we'll definitely talk about that in a minute, Greg, but I'd like to talk to you. We wanted to have you on the show to talk all things Atlantic Scooters football. So I'm going to start with a really easy one. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. In 1983, Maritime Professional Football Club Limited was awarded franchise rights and was awarded a franchise to begin play in 1984. What happened, Greg? Um, politicians couldn't get uh, <laughs> uh, funding 
together for a stadium. And uh, if this would have happened uh, back then, the stadium, uh, from uh, the information that I have read, the stadium would have cost $6 million. Uh, so now wow. we'll have a potential 170 to $190 million stadium. Uh, in 2017 or 2018-2019. Wow, $6 million. That's like the salary of a scrub player in the NFL <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Okay, well, I guess then, okay, well, this is a good reason for, you know, the failure to get a team, let's say, in the 80s or to get a team established in the 80s. Uh, but I'd like to ask you this, too. Why has getting a team in Halifax, in Nova Scotia, taken so long thereafter, especially when the region was passed over for great Canadian cities like Las Vegas and Shreveport in the 90s. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the short version is I really don't understand why. No. Uh, I don't know if um, back when this tenth expansion in Canada was going on, if they just felt that it was it – was, not worth it to try again with the American expansion. Um, so they were just, you know, don't bother asking. Or, or maybe we just didn't have <laughs> the group uh, looking to uh, to take control of the team uh, that we have right now, which is why essentially this this all came about is when uh, Anthony LeBlanc, Bruce Bowser, and Gary Drummond have all connected uh, with this singular goal of bringing your franchise back. So I don't know if maybe just an ownership group wasn't willing to try again. Um, and maybe it was also a fact that um, previous politicians here in the area um, haven't really been too kind um, when it comes to uh, um, spending lots of money on a sporting. Um, I, I kind of bring that up because of a failed attempt to um to bid on i believe it was canada games uh back in the 2000 uh, but we essentially put in a bid and then we withdrew it and lost a ton of money so so the so history says that there's not a lot of money floating around for a stadium what are we seeing these days that gives us a little bit more hope than we might have had even two three four years ago oh man uh, you guys are asking some tough questions right away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I, I don't know if it's if it's really that much more positive. Um, I believe the area is it, it's in a really nice place. Um, and I'm gonna probably I, I don't I can't really speak for New Brunswick or PEI, but Halifax. I live in Dartmouth, um, which essentially is part of Halifax. And, um, there's constantly, we're in a, a, a stable position right now of growth. Um, our population is getting younger. Um, the youth are not leaving like they were 10 years ago. Um, we're able to keep a younger population here. And, uh, that's obviously really good. Um, so we're getting younger. And what do the youth want? It's, it's football, you know, it's sports, it's, it's entertainment. Um, so, with them building so much, um, it's just it, we're just in a really nice place right now where we're just, you know, booming. And when it comes to the money, I think that the the ownership group are looking at different ways of doing it, of getting funding. Um, so we'll see how that kind of takes off, um, yeah, in the next couple of months. 
Yeah, I read somewhere. I read somewhere that uh, Nova Scotia has the highest uh, growth rate of any province in Canada right now, uh, in terms of both birth rate and in terms of economic growth. So that's definitely a plus. It's definitely a, a perfect storm situation to get a CFL team at this point. But let me ask you this: How is the feeling there? I mean, is this, you know? Is this in the public consciousness? The CFL is coming to Nova Scotia. Is you know, are people excited about it? Uh, I speak to some people who are excited, and I speak to some people who are skeptic. Um, not, really? Okay. Not even so much. I wouldn't. Maybe skepticism is the wrong choice of words. Some people don't want their tax dollars going to build. Sure. A um, and that's that's the biggest uh, fight uh, when it comes to speaking to those people. Um, and I can understand that. There's lots of things that my money go to here that uh, I will never step foot in, but that's you know part of everything uh, that a city does. Uh, we spent, I believe it was over $70 million on a library uh, when wow. everyone walks around with a cell phone in their pocket now, which you can Google everything you want to know. Um, so, like, yeah. I, I mean, it's, I, I will say this. It's an absolutely beautiful building, um, but... It's just not something that I'm into, but that's our city, you know. I'm like, if we need to build a stadium, uh, keep, um, keep the people who are living here, um, you know, obviously some people aren't going to be happy, but I think a good chunk of people will be happy. And I actually really, I don't know right now if majority of people that I speak to really understand what the CFL is yet or <laughs> what it's all about, but that's just because Maybe if people are, are still feeling burned about the failed expansion years ago, or it's just because uh, we feel like we don't really feel like we're part of the league yet. Right. Uh, once they experience it, like I have this past year, like you, you're going to fall in love with this this league and the fans and and the experience of a great cup. Like it's been absolutely amazing, and this has really been my first full year um, being a diehard CFL fan. So. Yeah, we also come from a place where you, exactly. don't, you don't have a lot of people don't know what the CFL is all about. <laughs> uh, let's go. Anyone understands it's you guys. <laughs> yes. Now let's go. Let's go and have a little bit of fun here. Let's go ahead and assume that everything is in place and the team is kicking off next season. Who is the first team you want to see in your home stadium? Oh wow! Jeez. <laughs> that was that was tough because I, I I like I would like to see um like some of my favorite players um I would love to see Enoch Mwamba with the the Alouettes um it wouldn't be too bad even uh, to have Montreal because obviously they're that would be the two closest teams or Montreal would be the closest team to Halifax um but I mean I wouldn't be opposed to starting off that coast to coast battle with BC either so really wow start the season with that. I know they they already talked about it. They already talked about it at the Great Cup as being the Labor Day game. So I don't know if they right. actually would do it to start the season. Well, I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that too. How do you feel about that? Because we've talked about that on this show. Personally, I think that would be awesome. But for the first time in the CFL, you really have to worry about the travel. Yeah, and it's a long season. So to start that season off with one team going completely across the country, it's pretty tough <laughs> the rest of the way. But how would you feel about them doing it back to back for those Labor Day games? Oh dear, uh, it's it's going to be brutal. I think. <laughs> I mean, well, wow. There's there's what? always 
the way I think about it is there's a way to establish a brand new tradition. You can go ahead and have that game around Labor Day um, that weekend. Maybe have the two teams have one of their mid-season buys during the rematch weekend that everybody plays that doesn't have the holiday in it. But then, if you're playing BC twice in a season, depending on how everything shakes out, go ahead and make that the opener every year that your teams play each other and put that thing, or put that thing as close to Canada Day as possible, because what would be more Canadian than going coast to coast? Nice. That's the classic. Yeah, see, see, yeah. We've been, we've been liking this this idea on the Roost Right and Blue for a little while. So I, I, I'm kind of excited about that one. Um, all right, well, let me ask you this then. I'm just going to go right to this one. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about this in preparation for this podcast. Um, you know, we have one of the traditions of the CFL is the Labor Day game. But let me ask you this one. You know, over there in, in Calgary, uh, the Stampeders, take out the horse the the quick six for the jaunt when they score a touchdown you know in uh, ottawa you have uh, the lumberjacks making the wood cookies what's the uh, atlantic schooners touchdown celebration going to look like i i truthfully think it 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 works out quite perfectly i mean we might they might say that we're stealing this from tampa bay but we have ah, okay. we, we have citadel hill in, uh-huh. in Halifax, and that cannon goes off every every day at noon oh so, I mean, a cannon's already associated with Halifax, so oh, it's, cool. it's a, it, there's potential there. It's either that or a, a, like a lobster. Someone boils a lobster and we eat it or something like that. <laughs> you just crack open a lobster, <laughs> right? Just You just break it out of the water at that point when you score a touchdown. Actually, oh, okay. now, I, just thought of, I just thought of this one just now. Okay. What if we raise a sail? Every time oh, there you we go. score a touchdown, we set, a, we set sail. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking about the Buccaneers tradition, but a schooner is typically like a racing vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you're not going to be like firing again. I hope we're not in maybe something dark days like that. Something yeah. the dime, even you know, because the 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 blue nose, which is a schooner, is on our dimes. So mm. okay, see, yeah, you'll you'll have this figured out <laughs> exactly by, by kickoff in exactly. in a couple of years. Yeah. Um. I, I, I did want to ask you this, too, on a personal level. Uh, I was looking at your Twitter account um, earlier in the week to contact you, I think, or something. And uh, I noted that you and your and your friend in your profile picture are wearing Alouette's jerseys. You're going to have to give up your allegiance, aren't you? Oh, we're totally okay with that. I already have – I got a, ah, I got a schooner jersey here from, wow. from the Grey Cup. So I'm I'm already set. Are the colors really going to be blue and like uh, silver? And I I don't think so. No. I think that's okay. just something that they had been doing um, for the, the eleven years that John Ryerson has been um, keeping the stream alive. So I think that's something that they that they took. But I okay. think now is the time for something that's our, uh, this team to do something completely different, a color scheme that no one's done before. And I think it uh, I think it looked really nice. So. Okay. All right. So, what what do you what do you see as the colors? Oh, geez. What do you like? Um, because this, I have a strong opinion on this already. Joe's already been subject to it a couple of times on the <laughs> show. So, um, I actually I really like um I like I like purple. Yes. Um, there's been a couple of teams that have done purple with Minnesota and Baltimore, but um, your secondary colors can be something a little bit different. But I know purple doesn't really have a tie 
um, that I'm aware of to the East Coast. Yeah. But That's... there's one thing I would actually really think would be cool on the on the jerseys is take all four of uh, the the tartans for each mm-hmm. Atlantic Canadian team and put it on the jersey somewhere. I don't know if it's down the side, uh, like underneath the armpit or something like that, but just have like um, a tartan that represents each, yep. each province. I thought of that. I thought of that too. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. That that'd be great if they could do that. Now I need to hear what your uh, your thoughts were. Oh no, purple, purple all the way. Okay. Yep, it's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. I'm just like you know. I've been ranting about this forever, but I just go off every time the uh, the Stampeders wear black and red. You know, there's one team called the Red Blacks, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it. And please, schooners, don't wear black. <laughs> Forget it, man. Enough with the black. Not black. And and it's like purple, and it's great. All the other colors are taken. Go with purple. Go with purple and white, purple and gold, you know, something like that. Yeah, and it will be original. Right, right. That would be awesome. I really hope it's purple. I really do. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with any team anywhere <laughs> wearing purple for any reason. Uh, but... I don't see a problem with the original colors that were shown because if you see if you've seen the um, the mock-up of what a schooner helmet might have looked like in the early '80s, it had this uh, kind of a kind of a grayish and it like a real kind of slate slate blue that really doesn't match. Like the Argos have a couple different kinds of blue, the Bombers have a different kind of blue. A couple yeah. uh, there's Montreal's got a little bit of blue in them too. But this one's a little bit different, and when you combine the gray and the blue together, it kind of gives you the feeling of the sea when you take a yeah. look yeah. at it. Yeah. So it's I, navy. So it's I navy. Very, yeah. I, I would very much like to see that combo, but that's because I love to see blue in any sort of uniform. Yeah. And uh, like Baltimore Stallions caught my eye way back when, not because they were any good, because I first the first time I saw them was like week five or week six of nineteen. 19- 94, and who the heck knows how good they're going to be then, but uh, the colors caught my eye right away. Yeah. yeah, They had a nice color scheme. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I'm down with blue in any uniform at all, but then again, also, my opinion is that the Argonauts have cornered the market on that. That scheme is just oh, fantastic. Yeah, the blue on blue is just fantastic. That's that's one of my favorites. When I make teams in Madden, I give them the blue on blue. <laughs> Seriously, that's that's definitely my favorite combination. But yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for purple personally. Although I I do like the mock-ups too. I do like the navy blue. I do like the navy blue and the silver-ish. I forget they have a special name for that. They called like the the golden highlights like chrome or something like that. That's the color. It's chrome. But, on, their, on their Wikipedia, it says nautical brass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's it. Brass. That's what they call. And then it's not navy blue, it's like nautical blue, right? Mar- or Maritime blue. Maritime blue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> navy blue, right. I mean, we, did, we don't like the military connotations, but still, yeah. that's what it's called, navy <laughs> blue. <laughs> In any case. Okay, so where do we stand right now on Schooner's football? I mean, you have not officially been given a team, or have you? Have no. you officially been given a kickoff date? Uh, no, and that's probably yeah. the best thing about this whole situation compared to last time is they gave them a season, they gave them, um, oh jeez, I lost my train of thought here. Um, they gave them too much. They gave them the franchise, they, um, they, they, they had a head coach, uh, mm-hmm. they did all these different things, and these, 
that's the nice difference between that expansion time compared to now is this ownership group is doing things the right way. And that's why it's so much more believable that this can happen is because they're not leaving any stone unturned. So I don't want to be awarded a franchise until we get a stadium. I don't want to be awarded a, a kickoff date. Um, and um, oh, uh, Randy Ambrosi has actually come out saying that if he gives them a date, then it's a lot more pressure on them to to get this going, whereas he doesn't want to put any kind of pressure on them. Like, they have enough pressure as it is to be dealing with the politicians and the fans and everything. Yeah. So, like, just let them do their thing, and they're doing this the right way. They've already expanded in the NHL with the um, Anthony LeBlanc and Gary Drummond were part of that expansion team there, so they know what they're right. doing. But let them do their thing and, and, and leave the awarding of a franchise till we get a stadium. Okay, well, again, let's go ahead and have a little bit more fun, come off of the darker subject here. Uh, so, if you could build the schooners around one player, starting for, assuming we're starting next season, who's that player going to be for you? Uh, it's, it's Enoch Mwamba. <laughs> he played his university football in effects in Nova Scotia, so like, it, you can easily build around that. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And that does bring That's... me to a follow-up, too, because I figured you were going to say that. Yeah. Does this help Atlantic, uh, Atlantic schools be more competitive in football? Because it seems like, uh, from what I can tell over the last uh, little while, it seems like they're basically a bye week when it comes to the... Uh, Semi-finals Ooh. to the Vanier Cup. Ooh. As much as I as as much as I hate to agree with you, it's the truth. Um, but wow. this will have a trickle down effect to all of our sports. Um, not so much sports, but all of our all different levels of football. So university will have the ability to uh, train better, I believe, uh, or even not so much train better, but be able to recruit better. Um, but it also will trickle down to our high school players who would actually maybe want to stay in Nova Scotia a little bit more and uh, and come up um, from high school uh, to Santa Fe, Acadia, or St. Mary's. So I, I do think there's – and that's, it's not even just those. It will have, still have a trickle-down effect to our, our um, Bantam and Pee Wee football leagues. Like Everything is going to see an improvement, uh, and that's based off of purely the amount of uh, work that the CFL players do in the community they do a lot of work, and, and I, I just, it's, it's, it doesn't go unrecognized by me, um, and, and I do want to, you know, give them a, a huge shit to that. So I don't know how many people really thank them for all that stuff, but I think that this franchise will have huge benefits to everything in, uh, in the Maritimes, not just in Nova Scotia as well. Nice. Nice. Joe, you got anything else before I embarrass you two? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I know Joe doesn't want to bring it up, Greg, but uh, as I understand it, you, you guys uh, met in Edmonton yeah, during a Grey Cup week. <laughs> so uh, how much trouble did you guys get into? Uh, not much. It was, it was actually ah. a, the name announcement. And uh, <laughs> surprisingly enough, uh, he was actually sitting with a group of other podcasters at the table next to us. And I had no idea until someone had told me that uh, – there's a bunch of podcasters over there, and I was like, oh, okay. So then I went over and introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a podcaster, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's the thing. You listen to the podcast. You don't look at the pictures and stuff, so I didn't really know what anyone looked like. And, uh, yeah. So 
But Does it ever put you off? Does it ever put you off? When you actually see somebody and you had like a totally different picture of what they look like and then you actually see them? Does that ever like throw you? It throws me all the time. And, and, and unless they're, they have like a big, big beard or like, <laughs> like and with Travis, I actually think Travis Curra on two and out. Obviously like, you see, his, you know, he has a big beard. Because I think that's pretty much his display picture. But uh, if someone else had like a picture like like you or, or Joe have, not of them, but of like a, something else, and I actually would meet you, and you have like a big long beard, and uh, I don't even know what else. That's usually the biggest. Like, whoa! I was not expecting that. So. <laughs> no, no beard, no beard. Joe, no beard. Joe, beard. No, no Joe. No beard. <laughs> Well, well, great. Um, will you be going to the next Grey Cup? Uh, yeah, I already plan on going to. Right, I think right. it's pretty much going to be my new my new tradition. Good. But next year, that's actually upcoming season. I'm hoping the schedule comes out before the new year. But my goal next year is to make it to um, Hamilton, Toronto, and Ottawa in a nice. trip. You don't have kids. No. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts, right, Joe? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm only three three places away from CFL Bengal, so I'm gonna make it eventually. Ah, but soon to be four, we hope. Yeah, soon exactly. to be four, I hope. I won't have a That's... I won't have uh, a lot of trouble convincing my wife to go up to Halifax because she loves to go to Maine. So ah, just going, yes. it's Maine, but it's even further east, and there's still lobster, and it's still exactly. pretty. I, I, I think I want that one. That nice. actually brings up a really good point. From my experience at the Grey Cup, there's so many people from across Canada that came up to me and my dad and were just saying how excited that they were to come to Halifax for a CFL game. So, and that's, we were sitting at a table with fans from BC, like Victoria Island, uh, which is a completely, I don't know for sure, don't quote me on this, but it's like as far west as you can go. Um, so it's just so nice to see the support from around the fans and around the league. And I just wish that I could have bottled that up and brought it back home. So everyone knows yeah. just excited everyone else is for this. All right. Well, we've been talking with Gregory James of the Atlantic zone coverage podcast here on the Rouge, right? And blue, uh, Greg, we'll let you get out of here, but, uh, go ahead, plug yourself. Where can people find your stuff? Where can they read your material, hear your podcast, whatever? Uh, you can find the podcast uh, on pretty much any major uh, podcast listening device. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Uh, you're, you can find our Twitter at Atlantic Zone, Instagram's Atlantic Zone Coverage, and our very quiet Facebook page is Atlantic Zone Coverage as well. Uh, there's just too many media, social media devices to keep track of them all, man. Nah, Twitter is awesome. Facebook sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's my view is that, like, for most people, you're on one. You pick one you like, you run with it. I mean, most people nowadays also have Instagram. So maybe you've got Instagram and one other one. But, I mean, that's my viewpoint. Facebook is done. It's too hard to figure out how to post on the thing from my personal oh. account or this this page. I don't know how to do it. So that's why uh, used to be used to be no <laughs> nonsense, no spying. Now it's the exact opposite. In any case, well, thanks, Greg, for coming on the show. You mentioned something how we should guest on your show sometimes. So uh, we'll 
We'll try and put together some combination of the rouge, white, and blue, and you let us know when, when you'd like to have us on your show, especially during this off season because uh, we got nothing to do but kill time. Exactly. Thank, thanks for being here, Greg. Not a problem. Thanks again for having me on. All right. So once again, thanks to Greg for joining us on the show this evening. Uh, okay, Joe, so it's it's been a long time since we uh, did a show. Uh, when do you think we'll do the next one? I'm hoping... After Christmas? Yeah, I'm hoping to do it uh, very shortly after the new year. Oh, that's right. You even said you had somebody. You uh, even said you had a guest for the show. I have a plan for a guest. So okay. I haven't, I haven't reached out yet. Holiday season is a pretty crazy one for a lot of people, but I'll be reaching out rather soon. Okay. It's not the Grinch, is it? No. Nothing I'm aware of, anyway. (laughs) He might be. (laughs) Can't. Uh, Okay, great. Well, I'll take this opportunity, then, to wish our listeners a happy holidays. A happy holidays? Happy holidays. (laughs) Let's wish our listeners... Happy holidays. Uh, and, and I believe that I can even speak for our co-host in absentia, Dr. Rouge, as well as my co-host who did the show this evening, Joe Pritchard, and myself, Oz Davis. This is it for the Rouge, White, and Blue for the year? For 2018? I would say so. Unless you got, All right. unless you got something else that, that I don't know about. <laughs> Surprise, yeah. Surprise! Unless we have breaking news. Unless we have breaking news in the CFL. It's the We're Rouge, wishing- it's the Rouge, White, New Year's Eve countdown. No, that's <laughs> yeah, right. not happening. I can't stay up past ten o'clock to save my life. Unless my boy. <laughs> yeah, unless your kid keeps you up. Yes. <laughs> I can't stay up past ten p.m. anymore unless by choice. How about that? Ah, here we go. The lamentations of the parents. Here they come. In any case, on that note, we're going to leave you. Happy holidays. Happy New Year from the Rouge, White, and Blue. I don't know. Enjoy other games over the holidays, and we will talk to you probably in 2019. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.